Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back. Roger here with Expansion Cast. Today on the show, we have Marcus Fung. Marcus is, now this is a bit of a mouthful, he is a regenerative culture artist. He is also an earth, ancestral, and community ritualist, along with a sound and healing practitioner. It's a lot of interesting titles to have. And this is a very interesting interview, a fun interview. And if you're looking for a little bit more fun in your life, maybe a way to play some games that bring out metaphors in your world and maybe bring some awareness to where you need to be, where your power is, or where you're hiding. This would be a good podcast for you to tune into. So I'd like to welcome you to the original Marcus Fung. So Marcus, welcome to Expansion Cast. Hey, thanks Roger. Hey, anytime. What are we what are we going to talk about today? What like what's happening for you? Oh gosh, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big topic. Um what do we want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think in, in some levels, I want to, I'm trying to dial back in my mind how we met. I think that will help to kind of, you know, bring things in full circle, if you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. kind of appreciate the journeys that we've been on. Because I don't think I've seen you for at least 10 years or something like that. It's a long time, long, long time. Yeah. We met at uh, the first time was that uh, you came to Lethbridge and put on a drum circle. Uh-huh. Or maybe it wasn't a drum circle, but it was definitely a drumming event. That's what I thought. Did you used to have longer hair? Like a ponytail? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we went through, yeah. Okay. So we were both in Alberta. And uh, I, I do remember now. Oh, well, what's on my mind is, uh, well, I mean, of course, you know, COVID, uh, the whole COVID situation is kind of, it's like an echo right now, you know, that seems to be, you know, at least in Canadian and, and US media definitely seems to be undershadowing the, the racial tensions and the, uh, the riots and the protests that are happening all over America. And of course, that's kind of in the shadow and the echo of where my parents and my people are from is Hong Kong, you know, in China, mm-hmm. and a lot of racial tensions there. So you know, that's always on the radar and of course how I choose to navigate that and how I'm stumbling through that as well as how I observe other people navigating through that and you know noticing all of the internal you know resistances and checking and overwhelm confusion and of course in that context how I navigate the world in general you know co- you know according to my values my beliefs um how I understand the world to operate, you know, how I understand 
the forces that, that are at play, uh, you know, all the for, all the agendas that it takes to make a world happen, <laughs> if that makes sense. Just because I know your cast is called Expansion Cast, uh, and you know, I'm I'm assuming that maybe listeners also enjoy, you know, maybe zooming in and out on that uh, on that axis of awareness of mm-hmm. you know taking things in perspective uh, on different levels of perspective. That's a great perspective. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm thinking, you know, because we are in Alberta and uh, you know in the traditional indigenous territories of you know, the Cree and the Blackfoot, uh, Dene and many other indigenous First Nations, there's a term in Cree that's actually called Wakotawin, Wakotawin, something like that. It was never a direct teaching that I received, but it was something that I've heard over and over again. And something that really, to me, was a key to helping to understand how much attention uh, do I put on which level. And basically Wakotawin, speak something to the level of like the personal, you know, the familial, uh, the community, uh, you know, the, the city or the village or the tribe, you know, to the, to the planet, to the, to the galaxy, um, something like that. There's like an axis of that. And it's something like a spiral. And, you know, to whoever's listening, it's just an idea of, you know, kind of checking in, well, where, where are we resting in or investing a lot of our energy you know whether that's intentionally or unintentionally on one level of the spectrum and and in are we are we able to be fluid in transitioning and pivoting and is it more beneficial uh you know what's beneficial at this time and is there is it important to keep a balance of you know how we're looking at things i think that's a good really good perspective and i and uh, thought because with all the stuff that's happening out there the one thing we tend to ignore is the energy body and how our energy body is trying to communicate to us our truth our essence mm. and we get caught up in all these media frenzies and facebook and all this kind of stuff and we st- we start to lose perspective from our energy body, from our heart center, from our, you know, power center, even from our genitals. Mm. <laughs> it's a huge, huge drop of awareness of the self. I'm laughing because, you know, in, in light of these recent, you know, events, and I, I want to also say that they're not the only events that are happening, but they're the ones that are getting a lot of attention. And, but you don't really hear a lot of people talking about their genitals in the same conversation. So thanks for that. <laughs> bring some levity to. Uh... Yeah, it's funny, you know, I, um, I've, I've just been part of uh, a Tantra week long online workshop and I'm on day five and the workshop there's over a hundred workshops in this thing and there's, you know, it's just amazing. And the one I just finished before we got on this call was about our genitals Mm. and about communicating with them and listening to them and Mm. how we abuse them or Mm -hmm. it's funny because we, we don't want to abuse our heart in any way. And we Mm. want to guard that. Mm. But so many people disregard their genitals as Mm. 
as, as something foreign, something mm-hmm. that needs to be suppressed. Yeah, I I totally relate with that. I mean, especially I mean, you and I being male bodied, or at least you know from what I can tell, uh, you know, my genitals stick out. And how often do I feel like it's just this extension? It's not really an extension of me. It's like this thing that kind of sometimes withers away and it's like oh hey there uh hi hello shame and all these other things and you know this kind of love-hate relationships with it and i'm wondering if it's different for female bodies you know where is that um it goes with it goes within you know it's a cavity it's a recess and it's uh you know versus the male being a protrusion yeah i think that's a great question and Unfortunately, we don't have uh, a female. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm 100% male, so. Yeah, well, if you're out there, you can let us know. Yeah. And, and I'm and wondering if it's more around like even the way that the dissociation happens, because I'm hearing you talk about the dissociation and the abuse, you know, whereas something that protruding, it's like, you know, I ignore it, I cut it off, I, I ignore it, I'm ashamed of it, where maybe like, a recess in the female genital there's a different kind of archetypal quality of what you might put in a cave or in the i, I don't know i'm just speaking out of my ass here but I thought, <laughs> you know i so i'm curious about if you know people experience different kinds of uh uh of wounding and shame around their genitals you know from from different sexes you know well i think the wounding and the shame is felt the same way Mm. i think sometimes the source comes in the same way but how we um, create blame outside of ourselves or blame towards ourselves might be a bit different than how long we hang on to the shame i mean i have shame yeah i think we all do Mm. so anyway yeah that's where i have i have been yeah, for sure. But uh, so, Marcus, you've been talking a lot about community and trying to pull what appears. And I mean, it seems like you're trying to pull community together through voice and, you know, online, basically. And I think it's a great thing to do. How's how's that working out? That's a good question. I'm curious what you mean by voice. What do you mean by that? Like, because I've got a couple of different projects on the go. So, well, I just see the, the projects that you're doing over Zoom and Facebook and right. so voice and video. Right. Um, kind of like, kind of like, yeah, right. Like a dialogue. Yeah. I say voice because you're not really in um, close proximity to these people. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a it's a big topic, community, and I would say to anybody listening, it's like, hey, at any given time, how satisfied are you with the communities that you belong to? Do you feel like you belong to a community? And does you feel like that community will show up for you? Do you feel seen and heard by that community? Um, is your is your family able to be a part of that community, or is that separate? You know, these are questions that I've been experiencing. Uh, you know, I've been sitting with and often it comes from a place of feeling like I don't have that community. I mean, sure, I belong to like many, many circles. um, 
and there's different aspects of community that we've explored, you know, from intentional gatherings, festivals, um, eating together, creating together men's circles, meditation communities, uh, you know, co collegial communities. And they've all given me something. And then, of course, there's my very own neighborhood that I live in. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the projects that you're primarily seeing, which is a, 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 a kind of a podcast that I'm, that I've been toying with, which is called Weaving Communities Wisdom. It was born from a need, and that need is born from my own longing for community. And that longing for community, recognizing that like, hey, there's a lot of people out there on Facebook that are also part of my community. And I decided to try to, I mean, the whole thing is an experiment, but what I'm trying to go for is to be a little bit of a bridge between all these different communities that I've belonged to or that I'm, you know, attached to or, you know, or ten, that are tangential, but may never have a chance of cross-pollinating with one another. So I've been featuring different voices, um, uh, you know, different age groups, different nationalities, different races, different roles in communities, and hoping that there's going to be some kind of chance for people to, you know, hear a voice that may be connected to their community, but maybe one circle apart, right? I mean, one of my favorite examples is, you know, the other day we had uh, Owen Peltier and Stan, um, and he was an ex-Indigenous gang member for 12 years. You know, he talked about how he, now for people who are kind of in the kind of quote-unquote spiritual community, um, that may be like, a, that may be just one or two worlds apart, right? And, mm -hmm. but to me, that's a circle that I care. I have. Uh, I'm invested in for several different reasons, and I thought it was great that people who might not ordinarily get a chance to hear a story like that um, would get to touch base. And that all started from seeing uh, footage on my Facebook of of uh, my friend's son, who's native, getting you know kind of beaten up by the cops, right? And so it's been a way to kind of like you're right, pull pull together communities. The word you used, I guess, some bridge bridge is another way and. And it, 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 has, it does seem to be creating some sense of togetherness um, in that kind of vague, amorphous way on Facebook. Um, that is n not the same as like me coming up to you and, you know, barbecuing with you and then helping you load your truck and then, <laughs> you know, meditating together or something like that, right? It's the same but different. So let's play with this for a little bit. Let's play with community and the desire for community because i find I, I think in each of our chakras we have a different desire that resides in each one right mm -hmm. because i believe each, each each of our chakras uh is energetic and it's always reaching out to connect mm -hmm. so and that connection is i believe what's important and that's what the reaching is for community and what part of you is looking for that connection in community? Is it, you know, is it your mind? Is it that chakra? Is it your heart chakra? Is it you need a combination of parts mm. of your body? Yeah, that's a really good question, Roger. And I think it kind of connects to the concept that, you know, we introduced Wakoto in, you know, there's like a axis and by pivoting on that axis, we can get different perspectives. 
um, but they form one axis. And so I've never really thought about it like this, which is great. I mean, in some ways it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't even really, I'm not that familiar with it, but I have a physical need, you know, I want affection. I want snuggles. I want a mate. I want someone that I want a lover, you know, I want a partner. I want a relationship. So um, reside in your body. Oh, I mean, that's definitely like in my lower, you know, in my lower chakras, right? Like in my roots and my sacral, even my, I want people to wrestle with, right? Like that's all kind of lower. And I also need people to pray with, you know, I need people to perform ritual with and, and sing with, you know, those are probably, you know, higher heart, throat. Um, and I need people to learn from. And I need people who uh, find what I have to share valuable, you know, and I want to be connected with people who I find what they have to share valuable. Um, so there's definitely, and then there's people that I want to, you know, who want, I want to challenge my thoughts. Uh, that's definitely like, you know, maybe more up here. I haven't really been relating to the chakra system that much uh, these last few years. Mm -hmm. um, I used to more so maybe, and I don't know why, I just haven't really used that lens but it's an interesting way of, uh, of, uh, of just pivoting and just feeling into it. And it actually helps to take me more into my body. I appreciate that. So um, when you were speaking, the, what I felt the most emotion with was actually wrestling. Like <laughs> I, to me, I felt a fun emotion coming up in you. Mm. Like the need to just laugh and have a good time or something. Totally. Like that. That's a big need of mine. Yeah. 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 No, that's a very good question. I'm going to spend some more time playing in, playing in the chakras, if you will. I'm doing it right now as we speak. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, one of the things I've, you know, I've always been deep into healing and just exploring, you know, shame and all sorts of things that have caused me to limit my experience. Mm. and I mean somebody said to me a while ago while I was hosting one of my unity circles was can we you know can can it be more fun and I'm like can it be you know can it be more spontaneous and I'm like mm. oh all everything in me was like no it has to be <laughs> a specific way because this is what works and I'm yeah. like and I felt that was like such a limiting voice of mine and then so i completely changed it and now i just flow in spontaneous wow. exploration and it's made a huge difference and it's amazing to see how we can actually experience healing while having fun uh, it doesn't yeah. have to be fucking serious Whew, yeah, I, I feel you on that. And and I remember when you approached me for this podcast, you were like, you know, we don't, it's all being be flow, the time we start, the time, the topic. And I was so, I'm so in resonance with that. Um, it's a, it's a big value of mine to go with the flow and, and not take things too seriously. But on the other hand, I have a very, very serious side to me, very, very serious. And especially when I'm by myself or, if I'm, I have it, it's easier for me to have fun with other people and, and to be spontaneous when I'm with other people. It's just, they just kind of help to bring the, you know, to be a muse for that. And there's times actually when I feel so dead serious around other people when they're having fun, like it's, 
I feel hopelessly serious. <laughs> and I remember one time I was there and some guy started tickling me because he thought I was being so serious. <laughs> and I was kind of annoyed with him, but I was like, hey, okay, I get it. I'm like really stiff right now. But you know, there's there are things that are very serious. So I can appreciate <laughs> both of, I can appreciate what you were saying. And I think good on you for, you know, exploring another end of the spiral, which is more spontaneous and flowing. And I think form and structure have its place. Um, you know, especially in rooting energy and creating a container for spontaneity so that people can be safe in that. Yeah, but what is that safety? What is that? Is that a limiting belief? Is that something that's just, we, we put it out there so that we can be comfortable where we are so we can become vulnerable? That doesn't even make sense to me. You know, on, on the spectrum of vulnerability, if mm. we're creating a safe space, how vulnerable are we? Well, I, I think that's a great question. And I can see it's getting lit up a little bit here because maybe we might even have a maybe disagree a little bit on this. But for, for, for me, for me, yeah, uh, for me, as, a, as someone who's facilitated, you know, groups of people for, you know, probably a good better part of my life, maybe 10, 12, 13, 14 years, um, there seems to be, I mean, there's some people you can work with and they're just ready to roll. Like everyone's feeling comfortable. People are feeling resourced in their bodies. They don't even need a facilitator. And there's other people, and you try using that same approach with another group of people and people will look at you like you're, like you're, you're crazy. And they're not ready to go on that journey with you because A, they're not feeling confident. Of, for, they're not willing to take a risk. They're worried about being judged by their peers. Um, and we're I'm talking about, you know, kind of expressive circles, whether it be drumming or singing or dancing or moving or playing after yoga. And, you know, it's part of that. It's part of the wounding of being an adult. I mean, teenagers too, teenagers, even grade sixers. I find working with, you know, young children, they don't have that as much, you know, they're, they're a little bit shy, but they're, it's old, when they start getting well, grade four, five, six, they start feeling ashamed and they start looking at their peers and seeing what their peers are thinking of them. That kind of self-consciousness starts kicking in. So no, I don't think mm -hmm. it's a limiting belief. I think it's people naturally through their life experience are conditioned to protect themselves. And, and if a facilitator can help create safety and trust, uh, you know, trusting our own capacity, trusting the facilitator to hold the group um, they're not going to put people on the spot like, all right, Roger, now now just freestyle rap about what's happening in politics. Go, you know, like you might be really terrified to do that because there are some kinds of acts that require a lot of courage um, that, you know, that pit us and decenter us to a way that we really can't prepare for it. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, yes, it is a limiting belief, like you said, like, and you should always stretch yourself, but from a point of view as a group facilitator you know my job is to help make things easier help make things easier for people to drop into that space trust each other trusting me as a facilitator so i don't have to facilitate as much and then they can start uh you know they realize that they've got each other's back in the circle and that they're willing to take a risk together and be vulnerable together yeah you know it totally makes sense and i actually agree with you um i think we're actually in Total agreement because I, I feel that when people are first starting to express, there needs to be a gentleness. Mm. There needs to be somebody that sees them, that can open their, create a space where, yeah, they feel like 
like the risk is is uh, mitigated somehow. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that there's a vested maybe people are investing in the risk together, and it's not just one person. Mm -hmm. Why should I take this risk alone? You know, and I think that's the beauty. That's the real team building aspect of being in a circle together or being in a community together. That's great. What do you think of trigger therapy? Uh, do you mean like trying to heal triggers or do you mean like triggering people to as part of their therapy? <laughs> <laughs> triggering people as part of their therapy. Oh, you know, I've never really heard of that. Um, and it's cool. I'm appreciating that your lens or one of the approaches that you naturally are leaning towards is, you know, kind of healing and therapy. And it's definitely something that I've spent a lot of time exploring. I'm not, I'm not looking through that lens as much this, this last year. Um, and I just want to say one of my mentors, uh, former mentors, he brought up a really good point, which was, you know, not all triggers are bad, you know, or trigger wounded or traumatic feelings or emotions. You can also have positive triggers, right? Like you know, things that trigger you into your gratefulness of life and the trigger your inner genius and trigger, uh, your connection to the divine trigger your, you know, your, your brilliant like your your inner clown you know you know what i mean like there's all mm -hmm. kinds of triggers and i think some people call them anchors like in positive hypnotherapy you know and they try to trigger certain states of being mm -hmm. uh in terms of triggering people in therapy um it's cool i i don't i've never heard of that i'm just imagining it could be very helpful i could i'm imagining there needs to be some kind of training and proficiency on the on the point of uh, on the point of the practitioner to help the client feel safe, because I remember there was this guy that used to roll around town, and he used to call himself you know by a certain name, and I swear that was what he would do. He would just try to trigger you, you know, and he would look for those triggers. And I remember I was eating this sandwich. It was this really good sandwich at this cafe. It was cranberry and turkey uh, brie. And it was such it was such a good sandwich, and and he's like, hey, can I have some of that? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, and I gave it to him, and he ate it, and he just looked at me as he ate all of it, and I was like, dude, aren't you gonna like save some for me at least? Like, or he saved me like a very very tiny piece, and I swear, I mean, he used to call himself God, that was his name, right? And mm. um, he was a very controversial character in our community, and I swear he did that on purpose. Like he knew exactly what he was doing because it brought up so much feelings because I was trying not to be judgmental. I was trying to be nice and generous, but actually I wanted that sandwich for myself. Did I like him? Do I want him to be part of my life? Do I want, do I, do I want him to be a teacher? No, hell no. I think you can use your skill in triggering people any way you like, but it didn't, it didn't, I never asked you to be my teacher. I never, I never put any trust in that. So it has no value to me. In fact, I just find them annoying, you know, which is triggering. But if I have any kind of sense of, you know, I would much, I would see it working very potently, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a, in a container. I think it could be very potent. You said, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me what, um, if I had to ask you, I'm going to ask you, who is Marcus? And not, not the identity that you've 
put around, not the music you play, but inside, who is Marcus? What would you say? I would say I'm something like a cascading awareness of intelligences, of multiple intelligences, of multiple gates of sensory awareness and perception. You know, that are, that's in a kind of a, a dance of longing to be at rest in some kind of stillness as the waves and the cascading sometimes is like much like a storm and sometimes it's like a quiet scene by the ocean and uh, yeah it's like an eternal dance to falling in and out of some kind of sense of center through all this kind of cascading you know multiple intelligences that seem to work and speak through me hmm and have you said that before or is that no that was that was nice i like that yeah i I didn't pre-write that (laughs) (laughs) that was something that i appreciated that being asked and i've played you know similar you know dyad games like that you know where you know, you spend time and, and just keep asking each other that. And I, I value those experiences and I'm kind of hungry for them because I think we need that opportunity to practice responding to that, not just responding to it, but by, you know, positioning our awareness to try to grasp what we truly are. Yeah. Do you have a game you want to play? Where the heck were we? You said you wanted to play a game. Oh yeah. So do you have any games in mind? Are you? I can't think of one right now, particularly that I want to play. Um... Oh, we should tell a story. Hmm. So how about this? Um, we'll do, well, because there's only two of us, maybe we'll do, I like doing beginning, middle, end, but that means it's, it's, we, it's need one more player. But uh, well, why don't we just tell a couple of short stories, like beginning, middle, end, and then with that, that way it'll be like beginning, me, you, middle, me, end, and then you, beginning, me, middle, you, end. That way, we <laughs> that way we both get to take turns saying the beginning and the mid, beginning and the end. So we're gonna play a game, and there's it's a story game, story and we're gonna game. we're gonna start with you doing the beginning me middle you end and then we're going to do another round with me beginning you middle me end that's right and it'll be like a relatively short story you know just uh, um like maybe just a couple sentences each okay so once upon a time there was a little green plastic man and he uh, was a little green plastic army soldier and he found himself amidst uh, a whole bag of green plastic men uh, and suddenly he noticed he became aware of him, himself. Pass. Hmm. And he wondered, am I the only one aware? 
And as he struggled to get out of the bag, he realized that the bag was attached to him and it was a parachute. And all he had to do was jump. And so he walked over top of a whole bunch of men, squishing them and just trying to find the light. And once he found a small crack of light, pass. Once he, once he saw the small crack of light, he didn't know why, but he intrinsically felt drawn to the light. Maybe it was because he was surrounded in darkness, uh, you know, being stuffed away in that drawer for so long, um, once being a prized possession in the toy chest and shortly forgotten. That crack of light was like the drawer opening and it was like God's hand herself opening the drawer and that crack of light soon turned to a cascading, uh, you know, hallway of light that filled the whole room and it blinded himself completely. The end. <laughs> well done. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you okay. feel, you feel, were you feeling the magic in that? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like absolutely. All the all the layers of metaphor and like the the, the risk of maybe uh, you know being a little too overly overthinking, and then the the risk of being spontaneous, and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yet it was I felt like it was completely relevant to like everything. <laughs> yeah, and I was as I was flowing and telling my part of the story, I was also after I was telling, I was judging. I was like monitoring my story as, as it was coming out. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So story okay, number your turn. two. Story number two. Wow. It's hard to get that one out of my head. I got to shake <laughs> my head or something. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, clear it out. Clear it out. So it was a dark night. Ooh. And in the bushes, there's a man standing naked and in his right hand is a whole bunch of coal mixed with mud and he's putting this on his naked body in the moonlight and covering his body, getting ready for an event the following morning. And they're in the distance, he can hear drums, beating of drums. And he's, he catches a glimpse of himself as he's putting all this base, this black, this blackness over his body, catches a glimpse of himself in the water. And all he can see are his eyes pass. Ooh, dang, that's juicy. As he caught a glimpse of himself in his eyes, uh, in the reflection of the water, and as the you see, he could hear the the rumble of the drums off in the distance, he began to see a vision of his ancient ancestors, and his ancient and in his vision he could hear them singing, singing the old songs. Not the kind of songs that you hear today, but songs that 
somehow of a deeply haunting echo of an old world of magic. And he, and he sat and he listened to that song as he continued applying the mud and he felt his ancestors' hands come, become his own as they, as they adorned him and blessed him with the ancient symbols of their peoples, symbols of power, symbols of healing, symbols of protection, symbols of knowledge and wisdom past. <laughs> and as those symbols entered his mind and his body, suddenly glowing symbols started to appear on his skin, on his armor, and he stood tall and he screamed the songs of his ancestors. And in the distant horizon, he could hear the wolves howling back. And he could also see the sun starting to rise in the east. And he grabbed his weapon, kneeled down to the earth, thanked Mother Gaia for this opportunity to feed his clan. The end. Damn, <laughs> so rich, man. There's so much. What I'm really getting out of this, Roger, is like, and I think I'm going to start using it on my cast, is like there's so much archetypal wisdom and imagery and symbolism and magic and potency available, it, you know, because we're participating in active creation ourselves. And because, you know, just generally the way that you and I lean towards is probably more towards like that, I don't want to say spirit, but there's just a kind of, a, you know, there's a kind of a, we're leaning into something that what's the word that I can use that doesn't mystic. maybe you've got the word you know it's mystic the only reason why I don't want to use mystic is because I feel it excludes people who may not consider themselves mystical but may may resonate with some of those those uh, imagery it's mm -hmm. very I don't know but it's enlivening for me well I think it's an innate part of our essence to be able to create like that totally like that was fun that was so yeah. great and actually i was shivering inside when i finished telling the last story <laughs> yes <cool>. so good <laughs> so good yeah it's um it's the weaving it's the storytelling and i think it's a one way that we can relate to things that are happening whether they're immediately in our families or in our communities or maybe more far away like what we're seeing on tv you know this uh I think especially now, you know, both of us probably being in our middle ages, you know, the archetypes have revealed themselves to us and it's easier to kind of see the clothing on the, over the archetypes, you know, if, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. And mm -hmm. uh, not to boil down and make everything so simple as archetypes, but I, I love this one. I love this one saying, and it was like, the archetypes are alive in us as we are alive in the archetypes if that makes sense. And, uh, and as you say that, I feel that uh, you said, maybe not as simple as the archetypes, 
but it's the blending of the archetypes that creates the texture and the color of life. And I think when we, someone recognizes an archetypal image, like someone putting mud over their body or ancient symbols or drums playing or ancestors, like there's an archetypal like stirring in my bones that gets kind of like, ooh, I can relate to it. And because it's a story, I can momentarily pause my judgment on it with my logical mind. Like, oh, well, magical symbols don't actually exist or something, something, you know? And that was, that was great, man. Thanks. You know, you helped me remember something that I've been kind of tracking. <sighs> and that just, that's nice. I needed that. I needed mm -hmm. that. What blew me away is that both stories were so different. Like one was kind of in this like, Oh, green plastic army men, you know, like, um, did you play with green plastic army men when you were a kid? I, I did. That's where the umbrella thing came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Parachutes, because, right? Like, I throw yeah. them in my drawer, right? And then you yeah, pick yeah. one up and there's a whole bunch of men sitting in the parachute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I used to love playing with them. I would play for hours with them, you know, mm -hmm. and, but it was just this image you know, and I had seen that image in a video game not too long ago, and I just, and then I just pulled on that thread, and you pulled on it, and suddenly I feel like we were drawing from the greater web, you know, the, it's like the web of story, the web of archetype, and that's like a modern thing, you know, green little plastic men, uh, mm -hmm. and then the other story was like very, oh man, like that, oh, I, I can feel the shivers now, I, I was like transported there, right, mm -hmm. I can see it clearly. Very powerful. Cool. So I guess the question is, you know, how and when and where um, and who do we tell those stories with and how can we leverage them, uh, you know, to, well, A, for healing for ourselves, healing for our families and communities, you know, healing for all the things that are kind of afoot in the world at large today, you know. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of that has to do with telling a new story. What about recreating the story what about bringing it in yeah can you say about, can you say more about that well so what about going out into the wilderness and you know having someone drum maybe marcus is on the drum and there's a guy oh i see what you're saying recreating to, it yeah yeah, yeah totally it and really feel oh, that energy that's great that's so great you know what you're reminding me of roger is that it's like um, often I had read this in Black Elk Speaks and it's like he, he read about, he saw a vision and then it was his job to reenact that vision as a ritual, as a ceremony with his people. Mm -hmm. And then I get excited because I start thinking about my interest in ritual theater and like mask work and, ooh, this is great, Roger. Mm -hmm. You're giving me a piece. And it's like, I've been very lost lately, not knowing what my purpose is and not knowing what to do with the tools that I see. I feel like I don't have the tools that I want to do. I don't have the skills. And, but you're, but I'm seeing just through what we were doing, it's like, but it's all there. They're just, you can draw from it and you don't have to be a master to create and to play, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But you are a master. <laughs> you're right and that's and maybe that's that limiting belief thing right and and i've been swimming in that limiting belief thing because it's like you know you always compare yourself to what other people are doing and and you know yeah 
Well, I think, you know, the thing is, is, is I see the masterful part of you when you're playing, when you're being spontaneous, when you're just letting go of these ideas of who maybe you should be based out of other people's expectations, you know, that who's, where's the safe Marcus live? Cause the safe Marcus isn't your powerful Marcus. Right. And that's, that's me too. Mm. that's a big big lesson i've been learning over the last few months that's great roger thanks yeah you know this is a real beautiful uh, thread that we're pulling on because i was i just came off a live cast on my i did two i did two live casts today one i did a whaling song uh you know to help you know kind of turn people into um tending to their grief and the importance of learning how to recognize when we're feeling numb because of our unprocessed grief. And the second one was called Mother Earth Songs. And I started singing. It's this improvised uh, interactive singing along for all ages. And I started singing, what would it be like if I wasn't afraid to be my, to show myself? I was like, what would it be like if I didn't have to be afraid to show myself? Would people run and hide? Would they head for the hills? Because sometimes I smell a little funny. <laughs> you know, I'm like, just, oh, man. And so you're helping to link that to the, that, that moment of empowerment that I felt. Um, the moment of, uh, you know, where where the other story, the limiting story wasn't, didn't have such a strong grip on me. And so thanks for that affirmation, Roger. I, I, it's mm-hmm. it's a, always a blessing to be witnessed and to have somebody sh- shine, reflect that back to you, you know? So yeah. I appreciate that, yeah. I think that's really important. I mean, you just say that. Um, and I, I, th- I think I try and pride myself on being able to see people and mm. Yeah, and I think it's really important to be seen. And I think because I pride myself on that, when you know, I feel amazing when I'm seen. When, you know, it's just not like my physical body's seen. Yeah. But I mean, when somebody sees my essence, who I really am, like my messy wild hair, how is that relating to the inner core of me, right? Well, how does that play out? Mm. somebody can see that and say and not say oh looks like you need a haircut but they say i can feel (laughs) that energy that vibe that you're putting (laughs) off right yeah yeah that's great sorry i had to laugh there because it reminds me of my mother where i feel like she's always seeing me how i don't want she doesn't want me to be seen you know Mm -hmm. wear a nice shirt fix your hair shave your mustache (laughs) How do you want to be seen as, Roger? Oh, that's a good question. So, and you know, that's a big thing I've been working on. Um, how do I want to be seen? How I want to be seen isn't necessarily what my mind plays up, you know, the, the images, or the stories that are in my mind. That's not who I am that's something beyond that but how I want to be seen is however my divine essence wants to show itself however it wants to explore how it wants to share itself how it wants to move in the world how it wants to change things how it wants to create I just want 
to be seen as that truth, that essence. Yeah, mm. I don't know if that makes sense. It's really difficult to explain. Mm. You know what's interesting, Roger, is that um, it does make sense, but I think like you're right i only got half of the transmission because maybe it was a bit unclear to yourself and well what i really appreciate about you is that you you know how you keep tying it back to things that you've been exploring like you know um you know the the, the connection with the chakras and i'm not sure where the trigger therapy question came from but you know just but you know it's i'm sure it's things that you're you're exploring in your world and there's something that's in the way that I'm seeing you right now, it's like, and I and I wonder if this is a phenomenon that 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 uh, that happens. I mean, I'll give you an example. For me right now, I'm I'm like I'm having fun. Uh, my my throat hurts, and I kind of have to get going soon. Um, so there's a dis- some discomfort there. But the questions that you're asking me help me to feel in my element, and and sometimes when I don't feel in my element, I feel like ashamed. I feel small. I feel weak. I feel all the things that I don't want to be seen as, or you know what some people might call you the shadow, you know, the dark shadow of yourself. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we see other people or I see other people, I seem to see the shadow that they, that hangs over them. Like in that, in this moment, sometimes I can, I feel like I can, and this is just maybe my projection of my own shadow onto you. Um, but I see, I see some of that, you know, and then there's moments when you just turn and it's like, I, it's like maybe when we see ourselves or when we feel seen, that that shadow that's cast there for a moment suddenly becomes ex- expansive and, and and it's happening right now as i'm looking at you and it's hard to tell if it's my own projection or if it's actually part of our intuitive matrix and it's totally it, it's totally your intuitive matrix because i can feel it i can feel when i'm opening up or like yeah like, like it's shutter you know, like a camera shutter, it's opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light in. Like know, it's happening this... right now, right? You're kind of, yeah. you kind of feel that opening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I and I so. and I feel like I can see it in your face, and it's like it's like rooting down, and it's like getting wider and deeper, and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. It's very cool. Let's play one last game. <laughs> okay. Real quick game. <laughs> okay. So, cool. And and sometimes. We're kind of doing this already, but uh, one of my previous uh, uh, gentlemen I interviewed, uh, actually maybe on the last podcast, he he has this game where whenever we're talking to the other person, what we're doing is we're tuning inside to see what we're feeling and we're we're saying exactly what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like right now, I... I see you looking at me wondering and how, how I'm interpreting how I see you right now is that you're wondering, how is this going to play out? How is this going to, what is the real story here? What is the game that we're actually playing? And how, how is this? Mm. If that's what I feel, it's like, there seems to be a bit of confusion about how I'm explaining it or something. Uh, okay. Okay. I think I kind of know a game like this. So it's basically as I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to out make speak my perception of yes. what's happening in the moment. Yeah. As I'm, exactly. as I'm, as I'm perceiving you. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah. you might be really interested in this body of work called Authentic Relating Games. Yeah, I've done it, yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty mm -hmm. cool stuff in there. Um, uh, Roger, as I'm, as I'm looking at you, I'm wondering if maybe you felt a little bit defensive when I said uh, Authentic Relating Games. And I'm wondering if you feel maybe be feeling jolly that you're in good company and that that I don't really care <laughs> uh, <laughs> because uh, and and I'm imagining that maybe you're feeling like a sense of curiosity and maybe a growing trust between you know the way that you and I are able to relate with one another. It's pretty that's really good actually. Um yeah <laughs> well it's because you it's because you sang me praises as a master and i'm just <laughs> even though i'm not and i am and i'm not i'm just trying on that hat and i'm like oh okay sure roger says i'm a master so why not <laughs> yeah, like, well, with yeah. It. flow with it yeah well it's so, funny uh, to be able to sorry i didn't cut you off there it's funny to be yeah. able to sometimes mm -hmm. our intuition is so dialed in and sometimes my intuition is so out there like it's just so full of my own distorted perceptions you know but I would see guys in the dog park and I'm like, hey, man, are you in IT? Like, are you in? And he's like, yeah, how do you know? And I'd be like, go to his friend. I'm like, are you a dancer? He's like, I love dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I'm noticing as, as you're doing this is all of a sudden you're experiencing joy, but you're put, you cross your arms. You cross uh, your arms to like kind of defend yourself. You're like in this defense stature not sure if you should fully just explode in Marcus mm. flow. Mm. Oh, uh, well, I am <laughs> doing a feel? lot of, it feels good, actually. I mean, I don't know why I was crossing my arms. I mean, it's partly comfortable, partially possibly because I'm kind of starting to close off my energy because I've got to get going. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it felt great to actually, I'm feeling a lot of joy right now, Roger. Yeah, I and I want to, I want to thank you for helping to, you know, mirror aspects of myself back to me in what I found was quite an enlivening and uh, conversation. And I appreciate you for giving me your attention. Uh, it's very nice. I'm really happy you decided to do another podcast <laughs> after all the podcasts that you're doing and the time you're spending online in front of the camera. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really nice to see you here taking the time my pleasure mm -hmm. and i really uh, i like the uh the wizard in the background oh yeah that's right that's the blue wizard um that's another part of some of the puppet shows that i've been doing online the kind of the little music videos i don't know if you've got to see any of them mm -mm, no okay i'll have to drop one off um it's just a little series that i did called uh, need a lift and basically they're all these different puppets and they're singing together and they're singing little simple uplifting songs and for some reason people seem to really enjoy them i think i got maybe like 1600 views on one of them which is like that's a locally viral it's like no nice. by no means like going anywhere close to getting viral like on like cat videos maybe that's me limiting myself but um <laughs> it's it's like you know it was nice people really enjoyed them and they shared them mm -hmm. so you can check that out yeah. on my facebook page yeah so so how can people find you Oh, you can always connect to me through my Facebook page, uh, Marcus Fung or Marcus.Fung2. Uh, you can connect with me through my podcast, uh, which happens, you know, a couple times a week. 
or you can look at me up on YouTube, which is uh, Marcus World Bridger, Marcus World Bridger. And uh, I've got a couple of bunch of different projects going on there that you're welcome to check out. Yeah, and Marcus is very musical. He's very entertaining and yeah, just a joy, <laughs> joyful person to be around. So, yeah. Thanks, Roger. It was great so, to be on the show today. I look forward to go, going back and listening to it. I thought we uncovered some really nice gems. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Okay, man. All the best to you. Thanks for having me on the show. This podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening. If it's in your ability to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash expansioncast.